The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Now it is over a month since we had that mental health uh, commission uh, report uh, into the child and adolescent mental health services uh, in this country, uh, CAMS, and of course it set out the problems, the systematic failures that that service uh, experiences, and the people who rely on that service experience up and down this uh, country. In the meantime, we've had further reports, as if they were needed, about the different parts of the country where the uh, the the issues are most acute. The service does work well in some areas, but it utterly fails to function in others. Uh, And we have been in all of that time over the last number of weeks and beforehand as well, uh, uh, seeking to kind of focus something of of a light on this and more of the government's attention uh, on this issue, because if it is a basic need for the state to, to... meet the needs uh, of its most vulnerable citizens, then you would say the state is certainly failing in this regard when it comes to CAMS. So it gives me great pleasure then to welcome Naomi and Emer to the show. They're both involved with Families for Reform of CAMS. Um, Naomi, if I can start with yourself, can you tell me a little bit about your own two children? Um, well, my eldest, um, she's 15 now. Um, her first engagement with CAMS was when she was nine. And then again last year, um, my youngest child is nine and he was referred to CAMS at four um, with the diagnosis of selective mutism, which is an anxiety disorder. He was diagnosed as autistic two years ago and CAMS wanted to remove him from their books because, because he's autistic, he falls under the disability team. You know, this is a story we've heard from other parents uh, as well. Uh, what then are the consequences of that um, once CAMS get back and say, listen, we're taking him off the list, you've got to go elsewhere? I have to say, with my son, I've been very lucky. His psychologist arranged to have him see the psychiatrist and he, t- he needs melatonin to help him sleep. So he got that prescribed, which meant he got to stay on the books in CAMS while we wait for CDNT, now in saying that there is no services, he um, in CAMS, he was reviewed there a few months ago, but we haven't had any contact since. Last year, there was a, an admin error where they said he had reached the age of 18 and was being transferred to adult services. And I was like, no, he's eight. Um, so they rectified that. That was an admin error, but... He hasn't really had any services. He checks in with the psychologist, checks in with the psychiatrist just for his medication. But other than that, he had some OT mm. that I had to fight for. Um, he was referred for OT. Cam said, no, we don't provide OT. That's primary care. Primary care said, no, it's Cam's because he's been seen by them. And... I spoke to his psychologist. His psychologist got it for me. But to be fair, it wasn't great. The OT couldn't help me with what my son needed help with. Mm. Um, so we went in and we played games. So it wasn't fantastic. And so, that's my youngest son. So the the only consistent engagement is around medication. Everything else kind of bit hodgepodge, long delays and kind of resistance uh, 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 and only a service where you fight for it. The only consistent, it sounds like the way you describe it, the only kind of consistent engagement is every now and then 
check in, medication re-prescribed. Yeah, that's it. And with my daughter then, her first engagement, she was refused a number of times until I presented in Temple Street when she was nine. And Temple Street said, no, we will get you into CAMS. She met a psychologist, had built up a rapport with this psychologist and the psychologist's rotation finished and we were left waiting. And during that time, she saw the head psychiatrist in our area. She did not gel with him. Um, I didn't particularly find him very child-friendly. So I went and I got her counselling elsewhere. Um, So she was taken off the books. Then last year, she had some issues with self-harm. I had... She was in hospital for two nights under 24-hour supervision and an urgent referral was sent to CAMS. Now, my daughter wanted a female therapist, um, but that urgent referral took six months. Sorry, an urgent referral took six months? Yeah, six months waiting. Now, I know that... I don't know if she would have been seen quicker if she had wanted... um, if she had been okay seeing a male therapist, but six months we were waiting for an urgent referral for a child who had issues with self-harm and had been in hospital under 24-hour supervision. Yeah, listen, I I think people would expect maybe if you kind of say, I'll only see a male or a female, it might lead to some sort of of delay. But I mean, it's not that specific. You're, You're dividing the population in two, effectively. It's not like she said, I'll only see a female who's five foot eight and has red hair and kind of freckles on her nose. She, she would see any woman who is qualified to see her and six months was the best they could do for an urgent referral. Yeah. And when we did get that, unfortunately, the lady we were meant to see, unfortunately, had to go on urgent maternity leave and there were two male clinicians. Um, they did speak good English, but English wouldn't have been their first language. My daughter couldn't understand them and they were male. So that was it done. She said, absolutely no way. And she wouldn't engage them with cams. And how are the kids today, Naomi? They're doing okay. Um, I had to get private services for them. Um, I have a 12-year-old who's autistic as well, has issues with anxiety, and even my GP won't refer her to CAMS because she's autistic, not severe enough. Um, they know they won't, that CAMS won't see her because she's not severe enough and she's autistic. Okay, because she's autistic, they say this is nothing to do with us. This is a disability services issue. Yeah, so I've had to go privately for any treatments. Which, is, which isn't great because I'm by myself with my three children. Um, so, yeah, I have to find private services or reduced cost services that can see them because CAMS can't help. Emer, I mentioned, is with us as well. Uh, Emer, can you tell us about your situation? Hi, Kieran. Uh, yes, so um, our son is now 12. Um, so this was from an early age. In um, We started to get reports regarding concentration, social engagement, um, you know, somewhat behavioural issues. So when he was 
just shy of his fourth birthday in 2015 and advice from our GP, we'd apply through the assessment of need through the Department of Health and he was assessed at that point by um, a really lovely clinical psychologist in the early intervention team. Um, at that time, he said that academically, the child was in the gifted range of intellectual ability, but did query ADHD at the time. Um, so he was referred for some OT services, which not dissimilar to Naomi, there was a delay in getting those. We were fortunate that the OT that he eventually did get to see and him connected very well, but not unlike what Naomi said, um, that person got moved on um, her replacement and him didn't connect. So, you know, so that that became quite challenging. Um, he started school then in September 2016 and the issues escalated despite intervention from the OT who was, as I said, very good and did go into the school and stuff. Um, so he continued to struggle, I suppose, to a point where he wasn't engaging socially or academically in school. Um, so in 2019, when he was going into um, second class at that stage, we had an assessment done privately through a psychologist who confirmed diagnosis of ADHD. Mm. And as a psychologist, he's not in a position to prescribe medication, which he believed would be a great benefit to our son. So on his recommendation, we sought a consultation with private psychiatry because we knew the CAMS list would be so long. And the fact we had a private diagnosis of ADHD Again, we were kind of bottom of the list in some respects. So we were fortunate enough to get that appointment in um, autumn of 2019. And that doctor um, put him on medication. And immediately um, under that doctor's care, things started to improve in all areas of his life. And we were hugely encouraged by this and, you know, hoping that now he had the tools to achieve his potential. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, then that psychiatrist retired in November 20 and there was no other private psychiatrist to take on his care. So we were transferred to CAMS. Um, so that was in November 20. Our first appointment with CAMS was in March 21, which was via to Zoom. Um, obviously, we're in the depths of the 21 lockdown at that point in time. So again, you know, it, there was no alternative, I suppose, at the time, but to do it remotely. But the yeah. appointment was substandard on every level. Um, and I suppose the most upsetting part was our son's medication was changed on that call without them having set eyes on the child and without giving us a proper explanation as to why the new drug was being proposed, which had a totally different profile to the medication he was on and doing well on. Um, so over the next few weeks, our son, you know, he regressed very quickly and became very depressed, became quite suicidal. I mean, he was 10 at this stage. Um, so compound that with lockdown and all of that, those challenges that children were experiencing. So over the next, you know, couple of months, things became very um challenging at home and we, we've made numerous attempts to speak to the consultant in the CAM services, never succeeded to meet her and during this time over and back to the registrar in CAMS who not unlike Naomi wasn't was in English was able to speak English but again was a foreigner. So you have the challenge of, of interpreting language with a child who already is in a distressed state. Um you know and during that time they changed his um medication dosages on a number of occasions and at times asking us what we thought and neither I or my husband are medically trained so you know I was quite horrified that a doctor was asking me what I thought about a, a drug being changed for a child. Yeah. Um, so after a couple of very difficult months I demanded that um, you know I wanted to speak to the clinic the consultant psychiatrist never managed to speak to that person and I just demanded through my GPs with her support that he will be put back on the original drug that he was on and um, 
to be told at that time that there was another form of the drug he was on that he could have been given back in, yeah. in March 21. So that was very upsetting to say the least. But I suppose the most upsetting thing here on was the damage that was done to my son's self-esteem and self-worth and confidence in that time was horrendous. And since that time, we've been going through different counselling and therapies to try and build his confidence. And, you know, even going back to school this autumn, every autumn, it's a challenge. And, you know, it puts a huge drain on the family. We've, not like Naomi, we have three children. Um, you know, and I suppose in desperation, we reached out to a consultant psychiatrist in the UK. Um, we did have a couple of appointments with one really lovely lady who was very supportive. But mm. the problem is that the prescription that she could give us doesn't cross the border. So even though you can afford to go privately in the UK, you cannot get the medication your child needs. Yeah. Um, you know, and I mean, medication is one aspect of care of children with ADHD. It's the only thing that CAMS provide. There are so many other therapies that can help children with ADHD to achieve their full potential. And I mean, by nature, children, people with ADHD are, you know, that the inventors and the creators of the future and they're just being failed by the system. It's, yeah. it's just heartbreaking to watch, oh, you know. I'm, I'm sure. I, and, and I... Uh... Like, I, I can't understand. Uh, I find it hard to put myself in that position, the position yourself and Naomi and others find themselves in and to imagine what it must be like, knowing that there is help there or that there could be help there, but that it either doesn't exist in this country or it can't be accessed. And the fact that you've got to pay to get what help you do receive, I mean, that makes a joke, an utter mockery of the idea of kind of a public health system and of of taking care of the state's most vulnerable um, and unfortunately, you're, you're, you're not alone. That's what we've really learned over the last uh, little while uh, covering this story. And it's what all of you have known for an awful long time is that this is happening uh, up and down the country. So listen, Emer and Naomi, thank you so much for, for, for joining us and sharing those stories. Uh, Emer and Naomi are both uh, from the Families for Reform of CAMS group. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.